Welcome to How CMOs Commit, the Siegel and Gale podcast that explores how the world's top CMOs are building their brands and the professional commitments they're making as leaders. From the decisions facing CMOs to the commitments they're forging, these conversations are uniquely vulnerable and strategic. In this episode, Siegel and Gale's global CMO, Margaret Malloy, honors International Women's Day 2023 with a special edition of the Future of Branding Roundtable series. Recorded live in Dubai, Dublin, London, New York, and San Francisco, Margaret welcomes leading CMOs for in-depth conversations on brand building and inclusive storytelling. This is how CMOs commit. Good morning. I'm Margaret Malloy, the Global Chief Marketing Officer at Siegel & Gale. Siegel & Gale is a preeminent brand strategy, design, and experience firm. Today, it is a privilege to be here in Dubai to launch our Future of Branding Inclusive Storytelling International Women's Day 2023 edition. I want to hear some energy in the room for this. We have a full house in Dubai, and after Dubai, we are going on the road to five cities. I will travel to London, Dublin, New York, and San Francisco. So, the theme for International Women's Day this year is Embrace Equity. And today we're going to talk about the important role brands have in embracing equity. And to do that, I am joined by five extraordinary panelists from this region. I'm going to invite all of you to introduce yourselves. And here is my opening question. Who are you? Very briefly, who is the company? And where were you born? Where is your hometown? So let's get started. We're going to go right across the end. And in the spirit of disclosure, I should say, unless the accent neglects to betray, my hometown is in Ireland, and, uh, but I call New York City home now. So who are you? What's your hometown? And finish this sentence in one word or one phrase. Embracing equity is relevant to our brand because. Thank you, Margaret. Um, <laughs> Good morning, everyone. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much for seeing Gate for having me. And it's great to see a lot of familiar faces, actually. My name is Anout Haddad. I'm the head of marketing for JLL, Johns Lang LaSalle, Middle East, Africa, and Turkey. So a quick uh, brief about JLL. We're a commercial uh, real estate consultancy who's been in the market for so long. We're one of the Fortune 200 companies, actually, right now. And we offer end-to-end -end, uh, real estate commercial services. My hometown is Jordan. But I was born in Saudi Arabia, so that's not where I was born. But I've lived in Jordan throughout my younger years. And I've been in Dubai for over 15 years, so I call this home as well. And uh, to finish the sentence, of course, embracing equity is very important to our business goal. Because JLL's uh, brand purpose is to shape the future of real estate for a better world. And what way to shape a better world than having the real estate basically serve the diverse communities and their different needs and their different perspectives. So embracing equity is quite important to encourage that diversity. We need to walk the talk and to cultivate basically innovation and creativity so we can be more productive and serve our brand purpose eventually. Thank you. 
Katie. My name is Katie Golding. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer at SRMG, which is Saudi Research and Media Group. We have over a portfolio of over 30 brands, uh, media brands in the region. Some of you may know Ashaq Alousa, Ashaq, um, Hia and Saeedati, the female lifestyle magazines. I'm originally from Manchester. I've lived in Abu Dhabi for 16 years and I'm a Man United fan, which sometimes doesn't go down very well in Abu Dhabi. It's embracing equity. We're in the business of reach, and obviously 49.5% of women around the gender makeup is female, so it's really, really important for us to embrace equity um, so that we reach half of the population. Hi, everyone. Good morning. It's good to have you here. My name is Marwa Qabour, and I head the marketing and corporate communications for Al Masoud Group. Al Masoud is Abu Dhabi's oldest and largest family business. We employ over 5,000 employees and we are into multiple sectors, mainly transportation, logistics, automotive, manufacturing, oil and gas, civil and marine. I'm originally born in Lebanon. However, I consider myself an Abu Dhabian. An Abu Dhabian is a person who lives in Dubai and commutes to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> and I've been doing this for over 10 years. Embracing equity is very important for a company like Al Masoud because we operate in the old industrial and manufacturing sectors that are very heavily male-dominated. We operate factories. We have uh, the majority of our workforce is blue-collar workers. The industries are quite difficult for women to basically work in. So this is a topic that draws very near to our business sustainability goals in general. Hi, everybody. I'm Melanie D'Souza, and I work for the Royal Commission for Alula. I'm the CMO for this destination in the northwest of Saudi Arabia that is premised on heritage that 46,000 people proudly call home and for whom the tourism sector beams bright. I'm proudly um, Indian in my ethnicity, um, but have called Australia and Melbourne home for the last 30-odd years. That said, I'm now based in Alola. Why is this a time when we should be talking about gender equity and why is Alula fiercely proud of its reputation in that regard? Well, really, the last three years have been transformational for women in Saudi Arabia. There is a young breed of Saudi women that are coming through that are professional, they're educated, they're highly ambitious, and they're as committed as their male counterparts to Vision 2030, which is all about diversifying the economy away from oil. I see them and I see their spirit in action every day um, on the ground in Alola. And I think they're as proud as anybody of their homeland with its pristine assets that really is worthy of the global tourists' visits and attention. Hello, everyone. My name is Leah Halwani. I'm the head of marketing at Dad Global. First off, Margaret, I love your energy. <laughs> Got us all up. So my hometown is Beirut, Lebanon. And for those of you who don't know, Dad Global is a real estate development company that I'll be speaking more about. But what we do is we invest in a lot of luxury projects. And you may have seen a lot of co-branded projects here in Dubai. Embracing equity for us as a brand, I mean, real estate is considered an industry that is male-dominated. And Dark Global, we believe in the untapped potential of both genders because we as a company want to have this environment that encourages strength, progression, innovation, and courage so that we could be able to succeed. 
Okay, so as the panelists have alluded to, our marketing and our branding programs can impact society in addition to impacting our brand goals. So I'm going to invite all five of our speakers to share an example with us of a recent brand initiative that was targeted at advancing equity for women or equity more generally and um, what that program is and how it contributed towards brand building. Uh, Leah, let's, let's get started and we'll work our way across the group. Sure. So, you know, it's very easy for a brand to walk the walk when it comes to creating activities that change or impact the culture of the company, let alone, I mean, at the end of the day, any activity that you do, if it has a very good call to action, then the end user could be able to take that call to action or drive that call to action to, act, to actually be able to impact the community as a whole. So imagine how strong this could be as well. So what we do as Dark Global is we encourage female empowerment on different fronts, be it internal activities or external activities. Now, if I want to speak about the internal activities, it's very much linked to encouraging the women that work with us at Dot Global to actually be able to speak up through uh, taking the opportunity to take learning seminars, to, to take part in different, different conferences, different courses, so that they themselves could actually be an example for their other colleagues to be able to explain to them the different gender biases today and how this could be very important for them to actually strive and give clarity even more on, on that subject to those employees. And mind you, it's very important that the HR department, the marketing department, and the corporate comms department are trusted entities so that the employees could refer to whenever they, have, they need clarity on the subject. Externally, however, it's, it's quite different because, I mean, again, real estate is a very male-dominated industry. But when you look at the trends and the behaviors of the purchases or of, of the potential buyers of that global, the woman actually has an equal impact on the male whenever they're deciding to actually buy an apartment or, or to buy a, a plot, right? So it's very important that you give the woman equal importance because there, it's rarely ever that you find a man actually continuing or closing a purchase without taking his wife's opinion or without the wife approving or the partner approving herself. And with that, our entire messaging is very much inclusive of the female point of view because this is what would drive potential sales, right? And just to give an example here, I mean, we do a lot of co-branded projects and most of the co-branded projects that we have are, are, are with brands that are fashion brands led by females. So, I mean, we have, a, we have a Missoni Tower here by the Dubai Canal and obviously, you know, Missoni as a brand is a female-driven brand. Elisab, for example, is one of the most renowned haute couture brands in the world and he's most famous in Qatar, actually the the highest clientele that he has globally happens to be Qatari females, and which is why we have a project in Qatar that is co-branded with Elisab. So again, it's just driving that, that including the female point of view into that project, but without really, uh, I mean, without really being super imposing on it, because we do know, if you actually look at the trends, we do know that this is actually equally important as including the male point of view. 
What have you learned from those efforts and any particular benefits of the approach? You've spoken about the importance of engaging all the constituents. Any surprise benefits from this programming or messaging? I mean, if I may turn that question. So, so obviously we've learned a lot, you know, when, when you include, again, when the female point of view and, and you're actually including half of the decision-making process, even though the influence is male-dominated, yes, but when you include the female in it, you realize that the first, first call to action, not call to action, actually the first drive to every project is the woman's interest and the woman's word of mouth, right? So if you do have that, then automatically she's going to influence the man to actually you know, go ahead and proceed and not just make the purchase, but at least show interest. So, but, but with that also comes a lot of challenges, if, if I may say. And again, real estate is a male-dominated industry, and it's, it's up to all of us to actually, not just that global, but every single real estate development company should step up to or change the narrative when it comes to including women in this, in this conversation. And, and as I mentioned at the beginning, it really starts from within. So it starts by, you know, educating your employees, making sure that you have a very proper HR, corporate comms, marketing system that allows employees to actually have clarity on the subject and also trust those entities to, you know, be able to ask even more questions on that subject as well so that you're able to factor it in and turn it into external engagements and activities. And very briefly, Leah, specifically, how does that manifest? You say the women point of view is included. Is that in the photography of your advertising or is no, it in I'm, the language? How does it come to life, that vision? So it could be, I mean, from our side, just co-branding as a, as a concept could be a big concept, yes, but it's driven by the female point of view, right? But also it manifests, it, it manifests pests down to the messaging as well. So when you're messaging or when you're creating that creative or you're creating, you know, social media ads or, and if I may go into channels, obviously, it's very important that you actually target the women and you target where the women is at today so that they could be able to actually link or see that conversation going and continue on that conversation. So it's the proper channel, the proper messaging and the proper creative. Marvelous. Thank you for sharing the dark global example. So now let's go to tourism, if you will. Same question. Share an example and the learnings from that, Melanie, as it pertains to integrating the uh, gender equity component into your brand building. Thanks, Margaret. I think it's fair to say that there is, has been traditionally a perception around the world, and one could argue rightly, about the place of women in society in Saudi. And I use the word transformational for what's happening in the last three years, visible under one's eyes. No doubt it was just before COVID, but we did think we had an opportunity to really talk to our domestic market, arguably our home market and our most important market for the first time in our own voice with a brand campaign. And I'm proud to say that we were very bold. Front and center of the world's masterpiece was a lady. And we used her in the creative, a lady called Fatoon, who went on to do great things in the fashion and advertising world. And while, like all marketers, we're about consumer insights and research and being very honed into the personas that we want to address, it's very clear and similar to what Leah said, 
women have a key role in determining tourism and holiday choices. And so, you know, it's apparent to us as you look on the ground in Alula and look at the early successes that we as a destination are experiencing, that women, young women, fashionistas are very much taking in what is the Alula offering, whether it's in the cultural space, in the wellness space, and indeed respecting what are the tremendous heritage assets that are synonymous with Alula. But we've also worked with some great names in the entertainment industry, a lady who's actually going to perform again, multi-Grammy award-winning Alicia Keys. She's on stage at Mariah, our largest mirrored building, on Friday. But last year when she came out, we had her with arguably one of Saudi Arabia's most prominent women, Princess Rima, the Saudi ambassador to the USA. And the two of them ran this forum called Women's to Women's Dialogue. And it's very similar, Margaret, to the aspirations and compliments to you and all at Siegel and Gale for what you're doing in this regard. But it was about celebrating women who have, you know, been on tremendous journeys, many of them entrepreneurs in the food space, in the fashion space, in retail. And it was really about how do we nurture and talk to a local community, remembering that there is a 46,000 strong Alula community uh, there, but also to the people who want to partake in what will be the tourism economy. And how do we nurture each other, learn from each other, and so for me, that was another practical example of Alula supporting what is Alicia's own vision for giving back. And I have to say that the Royal Commission of Alula is, has a bold and ambitious agenda. But what it's very clear about is the sustainability is at the heart of what we do. We want to respect our amazing heritage, and we want our people, our locals, to be at the forefront of the tourism experience. So the work we're doing, for example, at Madrasata Dira, which is the old girls' school, to upskill women with some of the dying handicrafts and arts from yesteryear. It was so touching for me to see Piaget, another company that we have an association with, who've done jewelry making classes, you know, awarding certificates to these women. And actually, genuinely, tears in their eyes. Suddenly, they have meaning in their life. They've been able to acquire a profession and they have a future to look forward to. We've sent um, chefs across the world to places like Ferrandi to learn about cuisine. And, you know, we have our storytellers, our Ravis, bringing to life our um, heritage assets, many of whom, again, in their hijabs, are women very proudly talking about their homeland. So extraordinary examples of collaboration seem to be <laughs> integral to your brand building. Anything you would highlight in terms of lessons learned and how these programs have been received, broadly speaking? I think in genuine, uh, genuinely, very positively, I think there is more to be done. We recognize that Saudi Arabia was closed to tourism domestically and internationally for so long. We don't have the kind of skilled workforce to fuel, hospitality, and all the other tourism verticals that are so critical. So there's much to be done in the space of education and training. But for us at RCU, it's all about equal opportunity and absolutely seeing women come to the forefront. Thank you, Melanie. So now let's talk about diversified industry. Very, very different. I know you have many examples to draw on. Perhaps you would share one 
that the audience may benefit from? It's very difficult for me to keep up with, you know, Elisa and Alicia Keys when my company sells military tanks and uh, pipes for oil and gas. <laughs> when I joined Al Masoud in late 2017, the company was going through a transformation and I was the first senior female member at the group. And I worked very closely with HR on opening up opportunities for women in Abu Dhabi, which is quite a conservative market in comparison to Dubai. Today, I proudly say, although the total female population is still only 8% of the total workforce that we have, more than 50% of the corporate head office are females. So today, our head of legal is a female, our head of compliance is a female, our head of HR is a female, learning and development, procurement, and IT, and myself, marketing. And I find that really, really something of to be proud of for a company of our, our nature. Another story I would like to share with the group is that two years ago, the Ministry of Human Resources in Abu Dhabi decided that the private sector should employ UAE nationals and has set a very high tar target of 8% of the total workforce to be UAE nationals. And the ministry made it very clear that the 8% is based on the number of individuals, not their income. So you can't cheat the system and hire one senior person. And we really had to think through very creative ways of how we can invite young UAE nationals to come and work in the industrial area of Musaffah in ICAD. And uh, what we realized is that our marine and our automotive businesses are highly reliant on the call center. 50% of our leads are converted into sales in the automotive dealership that we have, which is the dealership representing Nissan, Infinity, and Renault, are usually converted through the call center. We also discovered that in the Western region, the city of Al Ain, which is very remote from Abu Dhabi, has a very high number of female Emiratis that are ready to go into the workforce, however, don't have enough job opportunities in Al Ain, and their families won't allow them to drive every day for an hour to commute between Al Ain and Abu Dhabi to get a job. So we decided to create a remote call center of over 100 uh, call center agents that are Emirati females. We sent out training managers to train them on how to basically carry out their call center duties from their homes. And it was a great initiative. We didn't only meet the 8% uh, target that we had, we met the 10% target. So 10% of our workforce are Emirati females. And we were the first private company in the UAE to earn the platinum status on immortization. So that's an extraordinary accomplishment. Any surprising benefits or challenges? Because that's a novel <laughs> approach. The surprising part of the story is how much females wanted to get into the workforce. They're all mothers. Some of them have up to six kids to look after, but they're willing to put 10 hours of work attending to customers. I know this is not a marketing campaign, but I can definitely say that the voice of Al Masoud is a female today. Uh, they close the deals very well, just like the salespeople, they attend to customer complaints. Our customers are demanding in general. They now are handling our community engagements on social media. And it was just surprising to see how much they are willing to work.
and how much they are willing to dedicate and commit themselves to their careers. Any reactions from the customers? Any surprises there and how they are receiving the females at the other end of the phone? So I'll draw an example from our automotive dealership because we have the highest number of data analysis there. Today, 96% of our customers are Emiratis and 90% of those are males. And what we have seen is that the conversion from a call to a sales has increased by almost 50% ever since we started the call center. So these are the numbers uh, speaking for themselves. Marvelous. Thank you. So Katie, media industry, tremendous platform. Talk to us about your example. Yeah, so we have obviously powerful platforms and a powerful voice to enable change and to highlight issues that are close to everybody's hearts across the region. Firstly, kind of I'm really proud to work for a group that's headed by a female CEO, um, Ms. Jamana El-Rashid. She's the only female CEO from a media group from the region and one of the very few in Saudi. And throughout the organization, I'm surrounded by really strong and inspiring women. The editor-in-chiefs of Saida T Magazine, Lama, and here, Miss um, May, are really inspiring to work with. And the, the work that they do on a daily basis um, to engage women across the region is really, really powerful. Um, so I wanted to share a couple of examples today. It's the first one being Saida T. It's a fantastic platform. It launched in 1981, and it was the first female Arab women's weekly for the region. And since then, over four decades, it's highlighted lots of causes that are close to women's hearts. And it's chosen specifically to put on the cover some of the leading women from around the region that have changed the game in aerospace engineering, that have been the first female sports people in the region, that have really kind of championed progress. Um, so I think that that's a fantastic example. So much so that 10 years ago, um, as, a, as a magazine, they highlighted um, the legal age of marriage in Saudi. And as a result of some of the work that they did and the initiative across the region, uh, where their campaign included um, women from education, women from business, key influential females um, from, uh, and males um, across entertainment, the legal age of marriage for females was changed to 18. So I think that's a really powerful example of a brand that's driven change. Closer to home and, and a project that I worked on, which, is, which was quite close to, to my heart, was Here magazine. So one of the big challenges we've got in the media industry is that obviously revenues are changing and we can no longer reply, uh, rely on spot revenues traditional advertising space. So as a business, our job is to diversify and appeal to, to advertisers in different ways. So here, the high-end female magazine for the region recently celebrated its 30th anniversary in December. Um, it was a celebration of a massive digital transformation that started at the ground up in the organization. Here is 80% female. Uh, Saeedity itself is 75% female as well, so that just shows the balance of females and males in, in these publications, which is really astounding. But we looked from the ground up with here on what we needed to do to appeal to modern, digitally savvy audiences. And we celebrated at a gala with stars like Naomi Campbell and Vavaletta. And then following the, the gala itself, we went into three days of Here Hub, which was the largest fashion conference in the region at Jack's District in Riyadh. 
It was three days of masterclasses, panels, uh, workshops with uh, Yara Namla, Karen Wazen, Law Roach, Amber Valletta, really famous names in, in fashion. The impact was astounding. We had a high footfall of very important people, around about 500 a day to this closed ticketed event. We attracted 34 revenue partners. And here is now an event mechanic, which will grow year on year. And we'll be back next year in Riyadh and maybe more. So watch this space. Uh, I think just a kind of a funny highlight from, from, from that event, which really kind of stood out to me, was um, Patrick McDowell, who's a stylist from London, who was on Anna Winter's One to Watch. He attended the gala and he was giving a workshop uh, with Swarovski at the Here Hub. And on the evening of the gala, he's never been to the region before. He ran in and he saw me and obviously the blonde hair and he came and he stood by me and he said, I've never been to the region before. Am I dressed okay? And I looked at him and I said, I can't believe Patrick McDowell's asking me if he's dressed okay. Um, and from that moment, we've been quite good friends. Well, listen, I think we'd all love an invitation and some of your style council. Can we save the date for next year? When we announce the date, I'll let you all know. This year, we're, going, uh, we're looking for more brand partners, more engaging activations. It's, it's going to be quite exciting. I think we're all game. I look forward to returning for that party and taking your style advice. So we, we conclude the, the, um, the case studies, if you will, with another real estate example, Anud. Uh, I'm really inspired by all the stories, by the way. So I would also like to share a couple of examples from JLL. So a recent one, it was uh, last year, basically. Uh, part of our services is project and development services, which is uh, working with developers on their project management, uh, projects, cost management, etc. Basically, it's the construction industry. And what we're doing great at JLL is in that business line or in that department, we have women leaders. So what we did is that a roadshow among Dubai schools where the women leaders of that department were talking to students there. And the interesting part is that they asked the students a question. They asked them to draw what they see when they're asked to imagine an architect. So if I'm telling you draw a picture of an architect, what would you draw? And the majority of the students uh, drew a male figure. They wouldn't imagine that in a female form. And this was the objective of the roadshow, was to educate these students that there is not really a gender-specific uh, career or industry that women cannot go after. And we were leading by example because the leaders of that department were women themselves. And, and they were the ones who were giving the roadshow and talking to students to break that perception that women cannot do certain careers or, or get into certain career paths. I completely agree with Leia earlier when she said real estate is male dominant. And this is actually very true. So this was a very nice initiative that we tried to do basically in order to change perceptions, starting with the younger generation, you know, catch them, plastic. Uh, another example, which I would like to share, is more from a communication perspective, and is our worldwide uh, campaign, which we apply everywhere. It's called uh, JLL Women Inspire. And the great part about it is that we don't only do it around International Women's Day, but all year long, we celebrate women, we recognize women, 
However, we also include male voices because what we need to remember is we need to bring the males in our journey to embracing equity. It's gender equity at the end of the day. That's why I was so happy to see some men in the room today. <laughs> I thought it's going to be all women. So it's, it's fantastic to see allies to this purpose and to this topic. Uh, and yeah, this campaign is basically all year long. Wonderful. So now we have the special simplicity objects interlude. Embracing equity, it's a complex topic. And business is a complex topic. Brand building is complex. At Siegel & Gale, we profoundly believe in the power of simplicity and bringing a simplicity mindset to the challenges facing our day and facing brand building. But here's the thing. I have found through doing many of these conversations that simplicity can be, how shall I say it, an abstract concept. So therefore, I invited our talented panelists to bring one physical item to the conversation that represents simplicity to them. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the show and tell portion of the morning. So we're going to get started and let's have you start a nude. We don't have a lot of time. Tell us about, show us your object and what, why does it represent simplicity to you? Okay. That was a very interesting uh, exercise and I thought long and hard about it. I can see creativity here. So no judgment. <laughs> I decided to go with a pencil and not a pen, a pencil, because when you get into pens, there are different types, colors, it's complex. I wanted to stay simple and go back to basics. And why is pencil is important? I know we've been like overwhelmed with technology nowadays when you take notes and all of that, but it really reminds us of going back to basics, writing down your thoughts, even drawing. I can't draw on a mobile, I can draw with a pencil. Visualizing, brainstorming, you know, no matter how complex the issue is or your thoughts, sometimes I'm just drenched in my thoughts. If I grab a pencil, or any writing tool, let's say. It's, it's there, it's low cost, it's everywhere. And I just write it down. Sometimes the solution is right in front of you when, when you put it down. So this was my choice for today. Thank you. Katie, what did you bring? So I, I brought my Berlin Marathon medal and running it was, wasn't simple. It wasn't simple, but the backstory is. Um, so about two years ago, I had really bad insomnia and it actually made me quite sick. And somebody said, strip everything back, take everything out of your diary. So for a year, I got up with the sunrise every day because apparently that helps you sleep. I ate really clean and I exercised every day. And as a result, I'm 47 in three weeks. I've done 23 10K races in the region and I've had 23 podiums next to 20-year-olds and I ran the Berlin Marathon. So if that isn't a testament to a simple life, then I don't know what is. So I need a volunteer for my simplicity object demonstration. Mustafa. <laughs> Don't worry. So let's welcome a male ally to the stage. Okay. So you can stand here. And uh, for the room, Mustafa is one of the greatest marketeers in the industry. He's my counterpart. He heads marketing and comms for Rustamani in Dubai. So, Mustafa, I'm going to try to throw an orange at you and let me know if you're able to catch it. Great. I need a mic. And now I'm going to try to throw two oranges at you and let's see if you're able to catch it. Ah! 
If I try to throw three oranges at Mustafa, he's not going to catch it. So I'm going to save you the embarrassment. <laughs> and um, my point here is whether it's marketing, comms, the USPs of your brand, or even the pillars of your strategy, please remember the three oranges rule. You try to throw three things at one person, they're going to turn their back and walk away. Marvelous. And your object for the purpose of the podcast was the humble orange. Okay. Melanie, please. Okay. What does everybody think this is? I know it looks banana-like and like a brain. Banana-like in color and a brain. Any guesses? Actually, it's closer to what you just talked about, which is citrus. And what it represents for me is wrapped up in this fruit the origins of the destination of Alula. Because Alula for millennia was synonymous with water and plentiful resource. So it was the automatic stopping point on the caravan routes where people exchanged trade and goods and commodity, but also ideas and culture. And so for me, this is representative of the oasis, the 29 kilometers of green spine that run through Alula, contrasting with these massive amazing sandy outcrops. And today as well, we're hoping that Alula will be seen as that place where you stop, revitalize, refresh, and where we continue to nurture exchanges, whether it's in the space of arts and culture or anything else. Melanie, for the purpose of our listeners, what is the name of the object we're experiencing here? So this is the Tourange, which is a, a cross between a lemon and a kumquat, believe it or not and recognizing there are 29 varieties of citrus in Alula, and the Nabataeans, which one of course associates with Petra, and which have left these remarkable tombs in Alula, actually are associated with one of the oldest forms of citrus, which is the citron, which still survives. I look forward to having it for lunch. <laughs> okay, and finally, the final simplicity object, Leah. So, so to give you a bit of info on my object, I'm today five months pregnant, so I'm a mother-to-be, to a baby, thank you, to a baby daughter. Congratulations. Thank you very much. So, thank you. So, so I, I really hope... <laughs> trying, trying. I really hope the men do not cringe here. But, I, I mean, ever since I got pregnant, I've been having a lot of conflicting feelings and thoughts because, I mean, at one point, I'd like... There's so much more that I'd like to do when it comes to my career and when it comes to achieving my goals and achieving my ambitions while still being able to care for my unborn daughter, right? So my object is actually very simple. I chose a breast pump. Ah. Because, I mean, for me, it gives me choices. The choice to be able to continue on my career, obviously when I'm back to work, to continue on with all the ambitions that I have, all the goals that I'd like to pursue, and be this career-oriented woman that I see, while still being able to provide all the care, and or as much as I can for my daughter, for her to be able to grow into that you know, strong, independent woman, right? So my object really signifies simplicity because it gives me the power of choice. It's extraordinary. And just as a disclaimer, had it been a boy, I would have answered the same. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I look forward to welcoming your daughter this time next year. And she would be the first baby at our International Women's Day. So thank you for that. Okay, so 
from the very simple and the wonderful personal stories back to the complex issue of International Women's Day and gender equity. And my final question is a very sincere one to all of our panelists. As we think about our organizations and ourselves as individuals, largely our brands are a product of the commitments we make. So I'm going to invite the panelists to very briefly tell us what is their brand's commitment to forging a more gender equitable world and how will they measure progress? Leah, will you get us started, please? So, so first off, I mean, Dot Global today has been expanding to many different offices across different markets, and we maintain 60% female staff across all markets, which is something that we pride ourselves in. So we do have a commitment to actually ensure that we have strong understanding of, of the female equity so that we can turn that narrative, as I mentioned previously, and make sure that, you know, we include females in everything that we do, actually, and we encourage this in everything that we do. And the way we monitor this is through obviously optimizing the results and monitoring the, the results so that we, we ensure that with however we optimize, we would be able to achieve whatever we'd like to achieve in terms of ambition, hopefully. So for us, I think if HR were here, they would quote a range of metrics that are impressive. But I've got to say, visible within our CU's ranks, from leadership down to the juniors, there is a very more than 50% ratio of women. And I think for us, it's not just about our organization, but it's that a lunar resident and how we see women, hopefully increasingly at the coal face of the customer experience and the real beneficiaries of what is massive amounts of investment and global expertise going into the development of the destination. So we are going to celebrate International Women's Day at my company next week and we sent out the invites and a lot of the feedback that I got from the male audiences is so do we bring our money to the party because the hashtag is embrace equity and it looks like the word equity is translated to money for men. <laughs> and I thought, if this is the first thing that comes to mind, I was very curious to know why the IWD chose equity instead of equality this year. And it turns out that they intentionally did not want to refer to equality because equality is not enough to foster a culture for women to grow. And I thought... Perhaps we need to talk about the bottom line in those parties and we need to talk, teach the women how to talk about their own financial contributions to their businesses. Perhaps this is a topic that not many women are comfortable with. And this is probably one of the commitments I have upon myself in my company. I think as a company in general, they are committed to helping women find jobs I think one of the things our HR department spoke about is having gender-sensitive gender KPIs, which is a KPI that is set based on your gender, not in terms of equality. For example, our call center agents are allowed to work from home. Our shows, uh, showroom managers and sales force have to come and work from retail uh, spaces. So from an SRMG point of view, 
as a business, we're only successful if we're empowering the next generation of young leaders. So last year, in late 2022, we launched the SRMG Academy, which is a training academy to empower young people with the media skills they need to thrive. Since we launched, we've done a couple of training courses. The presence of women applying and being on those courses is immense. And in the 15 years that I've been in this region, I've been really, really impressed with the number of young females that are coming up with a really ambitious and can-do attitude um, who are now exceptional professionals already in the world of business. So I know from an SRMG point of view, training the next generation and encouraging women to be a part of it is absolutely key. Uh, from a JLL perspective, we're also on this journey, basically. So the most important thing, actually, before any commitment is that for any leadership to believe in that and to openly and visibly commit to equity. This is very important because this is the only way for any brand or organization to drive impact, actually, within an organization. And because we do that, one of the things that we do is education. So back to your to Marwa, Marwa's point is, yes, there's a difference between equality and equity, and it still proves to be difficult to tell the difference between both. So education, maybe in more mature spaces, they, they, they're getting there, but it's very important to understand the difference, and this is one thing. The second thing is introducing, we are at JLL introducing a lot of initiatives basically that support equity from uh, female leadership programs to empower women to succeed uh, to other initiatives as well. But I, I still think that in the real estate industry, we have a long way to go, but at JLL, we are on track to change that basically. Okay, thank you. Now I want to invite the audience. You have some note cards on your tables. If anyone would like to share your personal commitment to forging a more, more gender equity or your organization's commitments, feel free to raise your hands. We only have a couple of moments, but I want to give you that opportunity to comment, react, or share a commitment. Anyone would like to raise their hands? I think it's only fair that the gentleman, we dub the gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but obviously, these are very personal to many people, so not everyone feels comfortable vocalizing it in company, but I invite that, should you wish to, before we go to the final closing. Yes, please, and do please share your name, your organization, and your commitment. Thank you. I'm Guillaume. I'm the head of brand at Emirates NBD, so I do come from an industry where equity means money. Actually, as a bank... Um, I'm not going to talk about HR, but for our customers, we found out that there is a taboo around money, the way we talk about it, the way we don't talk about it. And Emirates NBD is going to launch anytime soon, I'm not allowed to disclose, a financial wellness program that is going to target young people, including women, on getting smart and getting better with their money and with their finance, because actually we do lack that education in the region, especially among women. So this is a strong commitment that we as a bank and as a brand uh, are taking uh, for this region. Thank you, Guillaume. Anyone else? Hi, my name is Mustafa. <laughs> I'm the GM of Marketing, Communications and Sustainability at AW Rustomani Group. So the Rustomani family, is made up of seven superwomen. 
One of them is the CEO of uh, our company, Dr. Amina Rustumani. So Dr. Amina previously was the CEO of Tcom Group, who launched Dubai Design District, Dubai Media City, Dubai Internet City, and so on. She makes sure that this transcends her culture, her vision, her way of working. She makes sure that it transcends across the whole group and the organization. And this shows by the amount of female leadership in our company, by the amount of uh, initiatives targeting females. Uh, we are about to launch something called AWR1 initiative, which is uh, an initiative uh, to invest in young female students, whether in high schools or in universities, to present sustainable <coughs> initiatives where those sustainable initiatives can grow and do something beneficial for the world that we live in. And this is one of our main objectives as a company. And I'm leading that project with Dr. Amina. Thank, Thank you, you. Mustaf. Yes, Peter. We're getting the high-tech representation here, Peter. Yeah, hi, I'm Peter Benedictus from Microsoft. So our mission as a company um, for the last seven, eight years has been to empower every person and organization on the planet to do more. We put every intentionally to include both genders. Hot uh, in the press at the moment is ChatGPT, which I think, uh, how many hands up? How many have tried it out? So one of the things that we've been championing for many years is equity in technology. So two things that we're doing. One is ensuring that there's a code of ethics embedded in all the AI technology that we invest in and we develop to include not, not being gender biased. So that's one very big one. The second is in order to ensure non-gender bias is ensure that you have technologists who are both male and female. So we invest tens of millions of dollars to ensure that there are female software engineers working on products like ChatGPT to make sure that there's no gender bias built in. Because what we have found is when you have a product that is developed mostly by male engineers, there's an unconscious bias that is built into all of that technology. And so we realize if we don't have a more balanced uh, team working on products, you end up with unbalanced uh, outcome. So that's something that we're doing. Marvelous. Yes, please, Amy. Hello, I'm Amy. I'm Regional Head of Brand Partnerships and Marketing at um, HSBC. Um, we obviously have global employee network groups and, and a number of um, internal initiatives, again, to ensure that we have better gender balance. But the one thing that I just kind of wanted to throw to the room, uh, one thing that we are thinking about is how we extend this conversation beyond March. And so an ask that I would put out there and a conversation we have had this morning is how do we connect our networks to continue this conversation through the year? We have a strong network internally. We're very open and very keen to talk to other large companies, brands in the region. So if anybody would like to connect, would like to continue, I'm over here. <laughs> I think we have Rose, yes? Hi, I'm Rose from Shark News. And actually back to your point about connecting, Shark News is a multi-service uh, platform, an Arabic news uh, agency that provides uh, multiple services across all digital and TV uh, channel in Arabic. And actually connecting the dots is our slogan. But one of the years to celebrate women behind the scenes and all the women in uh, the company, we actually turned the slogan to She Connects the Dots. And we had a huge campaign around that just to showcase that 
our female employees behind the scenes are the backbone of this agency. Thank you. Marvelous. Well, I think we had a wonderful representation from the audience. Thank you for indulging the exercise. And if you're wondering, what would I have answered to that question? Maybe that's an indication that we need to go back to the office and have that conversation. So before I wrap up with my reflections, I'm going to extemporaneously ask our panelists, what is your one takeaway from listening to this conversation and experiencing the energy from each other and from the audience this morning? One takeaway, something that perhaps you've changed your mind on, something perhaps that has reinforced your beliefs, or anything that you think is important that resonated with you. So take it away. Melanie, I see a gorgeous smile. That's an indication that you're number one. <laughs> well, I firstly want to apologize for my um, sinus attack here, but, <laughs> but I do want to say that I think we should be heartened by the progress the world has made, and I think we should stop to celebrate the progress. Um, the gentlemen who I dubbed, I think, are testimony from everything that they said about what is being done in this regard. So I think to all of us, um, it's time to acknowledge that there's still a road ahead, but that there's lot that's, lots that's been achieved. Leah. I mean, the fact that we're all here and we're all engaged in this conversation, and I can see everyone smiling, you know, and everyone wanting to respond back or wanting to share stories is by itself, a, you know, we're at a good standing point, but there's just a lot more that needs to be done just so that we keep pushing that envelope forward and we take, keep taking that conversation forward. But again, I mean, I'm personally, I don't want to say shocked, but I'm just positively surprised of, you know, the number of people that were engaging here and, and giving inputs, especially that there are seven female workers, you know, female employees heading one company here in Dubai, which is, you know, very impressive as well. So I think it's only upward from here. Thank you for acknowledging that. And we're super honored at Siegel and Gale that all of you have joined us for the conversation. I want to be sure I reiterate our thanks for that. Mayo. I mean, to me, I understand today we're talking about the topic of International Women's Day and the take is let's take a step beyond equality, talk about equity, not how much money you have in the bank, but how much value you bring to the table. However, for me personally, I think the topic on gender has to progress beyond the two genders that we know in general. Yes. Thank you very much. Katie. I think I'd just like to make an observation on, on kind of the environment today, really. I think it's great to come together and tackle issues, um, whatever they may be. Obviously, today is about Women's Day. You know, I think I've been in the region for 15 years and it's a very, it's been a very transient region. So I think it's great to see so many heads of business, heads of brand and marketing in a room. And again, I'd like to kind of carry the conversations on and see how we can support each other more from a regional point of view as we move forward and make more kind of business connections out of today. So thank you uh, for, for organizing it. For me, first of all, this has been very engaging and enjoyable, so thank you all. I think that I agree with, with the other panelists that it's great to meet and it's great to talk, but it really gets you thinking, thinking a lot. I'm going to use my pencil today, right? 
So it gets you thinking about all the action that now needs to be done. There is a lot of action that has already been happening. A great example from the technology part, basically. Also Grammarly, for example, introduced a tool to include alternatives for inclusive language that people can use when they write emails or chat. So there is action out there, but there is still much more action to be done by individually and by organizations. There's a lot of benefits and rules that needs to be put out to support gender equity in the workplace down to the design of the office itself that also supports uh, equity as well so it's it just got, got me thinking that there's a lot of action to be done and I am quite excited to be part of that journey and part of the action driving not only talking so I think that that this is great and I can see that this is uh, happening with everyone in the room thank you indeed and in thanking our panelists, and in thanking all of you, here's my reflection. I am struck most by the energy of the region and the creativity of the stories shared by the panelists and our very engaged audience. I'm thinking of the Arab writer and advocate, Nawal El-Sadi, who says, to be creative, is to connect. And I'm struck by how our stories are connecting brand building and business outcomes with gender equity. Because that's the connection that can sometimes be missing. That brand building can indeed be congruent with advancing gender equity. And thank you for sharing the stories. The conversation traversed many areas. We began about hearing your hometowns and your personal journeys. We went to discuss the marketing and HR collaborations, and we extended that to broader collaborations that you are doing with artists and others in the ecosystem. It's also quite extraordinary and uplifting to hear a very real intergenerational theme emerge from the conversation. And I'm confident that gives us all hope, men, women, of all gender, for the future of the region and the future role that brands play in advancing the conversation and indeed the action. I'd wrap and say that as marketers and brand leaders, we have an extraordinary platform and an extraordinary responsibility to shape culture, to shape society, even as we advance our business goals. Thank you, Dubai. Thank you for joining us this beautiful morning. Thank you to my esteemed panelists and colleagues. And a reminder, you can follow this conversation and all six cities by following How CMOs Commit on the Apple or Spotify podcast. And you can follow me, Margaret Malloy, and Siegel and Gail on LinkedIn for updates when we drop the episodes. With that, thank you all.